Exodus chapter number 17, and let's begin reading in verse number 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar, called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I want to preach this morning on this thought. Listen close. The battle gets weary. The battle gets weary. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. I thank you for every song that's been sung. I thank you for our choir, for all these young folks that stood over here and sung your praises. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, for each and every one that's in this service. I pray that there would be something that you, the Holy Spirit, would want to say that would encourage or help every single person in this service today. I pray for North Hazelwood Baptist Church as they are starting the revival. Pray, God, that you would pour your spirit down on that place. God, you'd do a work out there. Lord, you'd do a work in here. And God, you'd work in all of our hearts. Help me where I cannot stand alone. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I noticed as I was studying this chapter number 17, this whole chapter is an amazing chapter in the Word of God. But one of the first things that jumped out at me is in the first part of this chapter. I'm going to draw your attention to it just for a minute. We'll get into the message. I want you to notice that first of all, there was an inward complaint. There was an inward complaint. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses. I begin to study these first uh, seven verses in this chapter. We'll find the inward complaint. They was so aggravated with Moses. That word chide there, I don't know that I've ever used that word in a sentence before, but it means there was a complaint, and they was rebuking Moses. And there was a controversy within the children of God. There was an inward complaint. Verse number 3 even says that they murmured against Moses. 
And it goes on to say, and I'm not going to read it all, but it goes on to say pretty much, Lord, are you amongst us? Lord, are you among us? Or, Lord, have you left us? What in the world is going on, God? So we see this inward complaint amongst the children of God. But then as soon as this inward complaint is dealt with and Moses takes the rod of God by the, the uh, inspiration of God and he hits the rock and the water begins to gush out of that rock and everyone is satisfied just for a season. But then we find that in the midst of this inward complaint, there is an outward fight. This is what I want to talk on a little bit this morning is this outward fight beginning in verse number 8. It says, Then cometh Amalek, the enemies of God. When I begin to study this outward fight, we see the inward complaint and the outward fight. I want us to realize the effects. Now, you need to hear this, church. I want you to realize the effects that inward complaints and outward fights has. What kind of effect does it have on a family? What kind of effect does it have on a church? What kind of effect does it have on a nation of people? When I begin to study about this fight that we are fixing to look at here between Israel and Amalek, there's a reference in my Bible, and the reference is Deuteronomy 25, verse 17 and 18. It says, remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt. Speaking of the same battle, how he, 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 met, he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all the feeble behind thee, when thou was faint and weary and he feared not God. What Deuteronomy 25 teaches us about this battle that we will not read here in the book of Exodus is when Amalek and his army comes upon the children of God, they attack them from behind. They attack them from the rear. And everyone knows, or we should know, that from the rear are those who are weak, are those who are faint, are those who are weary. We might even say it could be our little ones. And may I remind all of us this morning that when there are inward complaints and then when they become an outward fight amongst the people, when the enemy comes against us, you can write it down, they are always after the weak, they are always after the feeble, they are always after our little ones. If you hear me say amen. So what are we going to do about these fights? The inward complaint, then we see the outward fight. And then the third thing that the Lord dealt with me about is God deals with Moses. And Moses, in verse 9 and 10, says to Joshua, he says, go out and fight with Amalek. But he says, I want you, I want you to choose us out men. Let us go fight with our enemy. I wrote down in my notes that God chose a man to choose some men. When I begin to study about Joshua, I have found 
unless I have looked at it wrong, that this is the very first mention of the book of Joshua. And all of the Word of God is here in Exodus chapter number 17. And what Moses has asked Joshua to do is, Joshua, you will be the commander-in-chief. You, you will be the one who leads this battle. You will be the one who goes out and chooses you some men, chooses you some people that can fight against our enemies. And can I say to you and I this morning that are sitting in this church at Pleasant Hill Missionary Baptist Church that God has chosen you, amen? And God has chosen me to be a part of the battle. And let us all be reminded for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. But you and I are fools to think that spiritually we are not in a battle with our enemy. Amen. The word Joshua means Jehovah saved. That word Jehovah means the eternal God and a deliverer. And here God picks Joshua to lead the children of God. Go out, choose you some men. The battle is fixing to happen, and you need to stand strong, and you need to fight because it's worth it. So we see that here in our text. And Joshua chose men. We read in the Scripture where they went and they begin the battle the next day against the enemy, Amalek. But notice what Moses did. The Bible says, and Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As I begin to study this, I find these people that are mentioned in this text. Joshua, whose name means Jehovah saves. He is the commander-in-chief of the army of God. Moses and Aaron and Hur will stand up on the hill, stand up on the rock, and they will oversee the battle. They will look and they will watch. And he also said that Moses will have the rod the rod of God in his hand, the rod of God. Let us be reminded about the rod that Moses carried, the rod that became a serpent under the leadership of God, the rod that sent the plagues down on Egypt by the mighty hand of God, the rod that divided, that divided the sea so that the nation of Israel could walk through on dry ground under the power of God, and the rod that has just brought water out of the rock. This rod of God is in his hand. And when you study that rod of God, this is what it means. It means a banner. It means a reminder. It means hope. And it means encouragement. Amen? So what Moses was doing as Moses and Aaron and Hur was standing up on that hill and all of the children of God, you and I, would be down there fighting against the enemy. Moses would raise up that rod and when those that are fighting would look up and see the man of God on the hill with the rod up in the air, it would bring them encouragement and it would bring them hope and they would be reminded that our God has delivered us in the past and our God is going to deliver us again. Amen? When that rod 
rod was in the air, it was a banner of hope, and it was a banner of encouragement. And when they looked up there, although, man, they would get tired sometimes and weary, no doubt about it, they would see the rod of God in the air, and they'd say, keep on keeping on, men. Keep on fighting. Keep on moving forward. God has got this. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. But I noticed something about this. I noticed during this fight, there was some fatigue. There was some fatigue in this fight. Look with me again in verse number 10, 11, and 12. And Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down, he sat there on, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady to the going down of the sun. Did you see the fatigue in the fight? When I began to study these verses, I didn't see this at first, and the Lord began to help me to understand something here. I noticed that the fatigue in the fight is not mentioned about Joshua. And the fatigue in the fight is not even mentioned about the chosen men that was down there with sword fighting in the battles. I noticed the fatigue in the fight was with Moses, with Moses. And may I say to you here this morning that fighting in a physical fight can get really hard. But don't miss this. Fighting a spiritual fight can be even harder. Nowhere did it say that while Joshua and all of those men was down there with their swords fighting, nowhere did it say that their hands became heavy. But it said Moses' arms became heavy. And may I say to you and present to you that even the strongest arm, even the strongest spiritual person in the service this morning, battle after battle, spiritual conflict after spiritual conflict, when the enemy comes and when the enemy fights, even the strongest Christian in the room, arms can get very heavy. This teaches me that the spiritual battle is so much more taxing than the physical battle. As I began to pray about this and begin to think about it, the Lord dealt with me about it like this. A family. A family. They can be a family in the church, and there can be some things going on in that family. And that mother or that father or both will sit down with those children and they will say, now listen to me. You need to watch this and you need to be careful here and you, and you don't need to do this here. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And sometimes that young person can look at that mom and that dad and they will say, okay, but way down deep in their soul, they know that they are not going to do what they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes that battle in that home can get weary. It can get hard. 
The words can be said. The tempers can rise. You can say things that'll hurt each other and cut each other to the bone. And sometimes you think to yourself, I don't know what else to say, and I don't know what else to do. And I am not discounting that those battles are not hard because they are. And I can testify this morning, I have been there. But may I say to you, there's a tougher battle than that. It's when that mama and daddy realizes that the only thing that's going to work is the hand of God. And when that mom and daddy realizes, you know what, I've said all I can say, and I've done all I can do, and I fought the battle as long as I can fight it. So what I'm going to have to do now is I'm going to have to reach up and grab the hand of God. I'm going to have to reach up and grab the rod of God because I know that God has done it before, and God can do it again, and I'm going to fall on my face, and I'm going to call on a hallelujah. I'm going to call on a thrice holy God because he's the only one. I said he's the only one that can fix that situation and even in those spiritual battles even the strongest arms can begin to get weak and you can get weak and you can get tired trust me you can you know I'm preaching it right and boy you'll get tired and you'll get weary and you'll say this to yourselves I don't need anyone else I don't want anyone else to know I can handle this on my own I tell you I'm going to be okay I'm going to be okay but if you ever notice man of God woman of God young person of God when you get tired and when you get weary and when you let the rod of God down and you stop interceding and you stop praying it don't take but a snap of the fingers and the enemy starts winning again the enemy starts winning again. And you'll look around and you'll say, I thought we was doing pretty good here. I don't believe there's anywhere for any of us in the day that we're living in to stop raising the rod of God. I don't believe there's anywhere in the day that you and I are living in that we need to let up on our prayers for our families and for our church. If there's anything we need to do, we need to do it more and more and more and more and more. You with me? So I see the fatigue. Joshua was a, was a mighty man of God. The chosen men that was chosen to fight in that war was mighty, mighty men of God. But there was one that got weary that day. His name was Moses. His name was Moses. It was a spiritual fight. Sometimes that spiritual fight can be exhausting. We see it in our families. We see it in our friends. It can happen in our church. It can definitely happen to a nation. We better pray like we ain't never prayed before. Amen. But not only that, there's something else. I noticed as I was studying this, not only the fatigue during the fight, but I noticed the friends during the fight. Notice the friends during the fight. Look at verse number 10. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. Moses, here they are, Aaron and Hur, went up to the top of the hill. Verse 12, and Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side. His hands were steady, going down in the sun. Moses was a man of God. Moses carried the rod of God. 
Moses saw the miracles and the power of God. But Moses was not strong enough to fight this battle alone. Look up here at me, Mom and Dad. Neither are you. We're not strong enough to fight these battles alone. We must have friends. When I begin to study about Aaron and her, I'm going to tell you something very interesting that I found out. A lot of you already know this. I found out in Numbers 26, verse 59, that Aaron was the older brother of Moses. If you study in the chronological Bible, and it also mentions it in the Word of God, you'll find out that Aaron was three years older than Moses. You'll also find out that they had a sister named Miriam. But as I was down there in that cabin and I was praying and I was reading through this text and I'd, I'd read just about, you know, the birth of Moses. At first I read about the birth of Aaron, then I read about the birth of Moses. And I mentioned this to the other pastors. I said, you know, it's an interesting thing. Now this is just a little side note here, but you need to hear it. I said, it's an interesting thing. When Aaron was born, his job was to become the priest to burn the incense in the temples. There was no trouble during the time that Aaron was born. But did you know just a short three years later that all the men children could have been murdered? And that same mama that had Aaron, Miss Becky, had Moses. And this three years difference between the two, the whole situation changed. Why'd you say that? When you and I look at our children and we look at our grandchildren, don't even think for one second that what you went through, they're going through. Because I'm going to tell you, times has truly changed. And the way you raised your children, your grandchildren is going to have to be raised just a little bit different. Because times has truly changed. And if you were serious two years ago or three years ago, you better get really serious today. And if time lasts another three or four years and you have children or grandchildren, you better get doubly serious because in another two or three years, times will be changed again. Do you hear me this morning, church? Just a little side note there. What you struggled with, don't even compare with what your children struggling with. And what your children are struggling with, don't even compare to what them grandbabies are struggling with. You with me? I'm serious. Do you hear that, church? So who are the friends during this fight? First, it's Aaron. That's his brother. He's there. But then there's another one. His name is Her, H-U-R. Who is Her? I begin to study this, and whenever I get stuck and I reference things and it just don't seem like it's making sense to me, my go-to First off is the Holy Spirit. But secondly, my go-to is a commentator by the name of an old guy, commentator by the name of Matthew Henry. And I went to Matthew Henry, and I looked up Exodus 17, and I looked up her. This is what Matthew Henry said about her. He said a lot of people says he's this person, and then some other people thinks he's this person, and some says he's the son of this one, but some says he is mentioned here. And he said this finally. He said, but really nobody knows who her really was. So I closed that, and I thought, what a blessing. 
Isn't that usually the way it goes when you try to look up something? They don't really ever tell you what you really are trying to figure out. So then I began to pray about it, and I thought, so here is Moses. Here is his brother Aaron. But who is her? And the Lord dealt with me. Listen real close. Listen real close. This is deep. Does it really matter who he is? It don't really matter, does it? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, his brother was there and her was there. Not H-E-R, H-U-R. He was there. And can I say to you, as you look around in this church house this morning, you say, oh man, I'm going to stand with my brother. I'm going to stand with my brother. I'm going to stand with my family. But all sitting around you this morning are some hers. And the question is, it don't matter her who her is. All that matters is her said, I'll hold up one of your arms because I realize that when I hold the arm up and the rod of God is in the air, that our people are winning. Are you with me? So God's calling some of you this morning to be a her. Not an H-E-R. An H-U-R. And you know what you need? You know what you need? And you know what I need? I need the power of God. I need the presence of God. I need the hope of God because of what he's done in the past. But I need some faithful friends to come along beside me. Brother Grayson, I need you. When I called you the other day, and I had about a million and ten things on my mind, thank you for taking time to listen. Because what you don't realize is, is spiritually, I was getting tired. And I needed somebody to come along beside me and hold my arm up so I could experience the power of God just one more time. Are you with me this morning? Yeah, you can do it. You can fight. You can get your swords out. You can get on your knees. You can do all you need to do. There's going to be sometimes spiritually you're going to get weary and you're going to get tired and you're going to need an Aaron and you're going to need a her to come along. Because when they held their arms up, Brother Steve, I know Brother Steve, you're a strong man. And I know you've been dealing with a lot lately. And then I think about you, Miss Sandy, and I ain't trying to call you out, but it, it just come to me. You know what y'all need sometimes when you get weary spiritually? You just need an Aaron and a her to come by and say, you know what, we got you. We got you. We're standing here. We're interceding. We're praying. We're calling on the name of God on your behalf. Hey, let me remind you. Look at the rod. Look at the power of God. Look what he's done in the past. He'll do it again. You believe he'll do it again? He'll do it again. Amen. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. So we see the one that got fatigued, and we see the friends that come along. And what a blessing it is. And notice the battle went back and forth. And isn't that the way battles really are in real life? They go back and forth. Some days, honey, I feel like, man, it's over. We're good. It's behind us. God's give the victory. And you know what I usually do, honey, when that happens? I lay the rod of God down. 
And I just, I just slack up again. I'm like, everything's good now, you know? I ain't no need to keep wearing the prayer closet out. Everything's good now. But then it don't take long to figure out that Amalek's coming back. You've been there, haven't you? Have you been there? Some of you are there now. And you thought, man, things are going better. Things are going good. Things are going better. But then all of a sudden, it got crazy again. What happened? What happened? The rod of God and the power of God just got laid down. The prayer and the interceding slacked up. And your friends got busy again. And you hadn't told them in a while, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. You with me? Miss Gina, if you'll come up, please. You know when the battle turned? Does anyone know when the battle turned? When it quit going good and bad, good and bad, good and bad? Does anyone know when the battle stayed good? As long <laughs> as, long as the rod was in the air. And as long as Moses was sitting on the rock, that'll preach. And as long as his brother had one arm, and then the whosoever friend had the other arm. Brother Jason, as long as the rod was there, and his friends was help holding him up, and he was on the rock, the battle was won. The battle was won. And then he says, we're going to keep us a record right here. God said, Moses, write this in a book for a memorial unto Joshua. In other words, from now on. Now this right here is a little bit deep, so don't miss it. Not real deep, because I'm not a deep preacher, but a little bit deep. He said, write this for a memorial for Joshua, so that from now on, He'll remember, but not only he'll remember, we'll remember. What does he want him to remember? Don't ever forget this, Preston, my brother, Honeycutt. Don't ever forget who your enemy is. Don't ever forget who your enemy is. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is principalities and wickedness in high places. He said, I don't want you to ever forget who your enemy is. That's why I want you to write it for a memorial. But then, he, then you think about this. Don't forget who your enemy is. But secondly, Brother Dean, don't forget about the victory that God has given. Because it's in those times. Congratulations, I hadn't seen that baby. <laughs> Hallelujah, what a blessing. I'm glad that baby looks like its mama. <laughs> hey, don't forget who your enemy is. But whatever you do, don't forget the victory that God has given you in the past. I got a good friend of mine that's here this morning, and he told me this one time, two times, maybe three. Preacher Keith, are you writing your blessings down in a book? And I said, writing my blessings down in a book? He goes, you ought to be writing your blessings down in a book. 
And every now and again, I'll begin to talk to him about something that he'll say, did you write it in your book? Did you write it in your book? Because you know what sometimes, Levi? Sometimes things get hard and you forget about all the blessings from God. Right? Isn't that right, son? You forget about it. <laughs> you with me, Kyle? I'm serious, you with me? It's the power of God. That rod represented something. It was a banner. It was a reminder. And it was hope. Don't ever forget about hope that God has given you. Don't forget that. No matter how hard it gets. Write it, write it, Moses, write it, Moses, write it, Moses. Then he tells him to build an altar, Brother Ruth, build an altar. He didn't say build the altar in the name of Moses. He didn't say build the altar in the name of Joshua. He said build the altar in the name of Jehovah Nisa. You know what that means? Jehovah is the eternal God. I might not be saying Nisa right, but that means the eternal God and his banner, his banner. And every time you go back to that place, Miss Emily, and right there's the altar that God told you to build, right there's the altar where God fixed it. You know what that altar should represent to you? The banner of God's hope, the banner of God's promises, are you with me? And the banner of the victories that the Lord has given you in the past. There's a lot of things changes. There's a lot of people that changes. But there's one thing, Ross, that will never change. And it's the strong arm of God. It's the strong arm of God. His hand does not get weary. And Brother Jason, his arm is not short. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Lord is good to us. Amen. And he's blessed us. The title of the message is The Fatigue in the Battle. The Fatigue in the Battle. And some of you here this morning might be getting a little bit weary because you have prayed. And you have sought the Lord, and you have prayed, and you have sought the Lord. Miss Gina. The only thing I know to tell you is this. I'm going to lay this rod on this manger. And all that is is a banner. All that is is a reminder. There's no power in the rod, but there's power in the God <laughs> who give them the rod. Amen. So maybe this morning, you might need to make your way down to an altar and just be reminded of what God's done in the past and start calling back some of the blessings in your life and start calling back some of the blessings during your battles where God give you victory. And while you are recalling and 
the memorial in your mind, it would be a blessing to look up to the God of heaven and remember the victories that he's given in the past and ask him, just ask him, God, would you do it again? God, would you, God, would you just do it again? God, would you just do it one more time, God? And maybe you need to look over at an Aaron and a her. Maybe you need to look over at a friend or a, or a wife or a child and say, come on with me. Come on with me. I'm weary. I'm tired. And I'm going to ask you to help hold my arms up during this battle. I've done real good for a while, but now I'm getting tired and I'm getting weak. I'm going to ask you to come pray with me. I'm going to ask you to come pray with me. Is there anyone that needs to come pray? And just get someone to come pray with you as you come. If you do, you come on.